Before we get into the show, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Brit Can Darts. If you are in need for anything dart related, please head down to Brit Can Darts in Calgary and they will help you with anything you might need with the lowest prices in North America. We are always looking for more sponsors in this podcast in order to reach more people, in order to continue to provide content, in order to grow the game of football in Alberta and to amplify the voices that are behind it, whether it be the coaches, parents, refs, volunteers, players, um, and of course, everyone involved at Football Alberta who um, works so hard to continue to bring us this amazing game uh, year in and year out for so many years. So if you're interested in helping us out and being a sponsor of the podcast, please reach out via our Instagram at uh, Alberta Football Uncensored. Please enjoy the show. Welcome to Alberta Football Uncensored. I'm your host, Tej Johannesson. With me, as always, is my co-host, Omari Fraser. Um, Omari, I went on a walk today. I got I got to tell this story. So I thought I thought this was I kind of had an epiphany today. Um, so I go for these walks. I live in a really beautiful area of Sylvan Lake and really quiet. And I like to kind of go for walks by myself. My wife's my wife's a teacher, so I coach at HJ Cody here in Sylvan Lake. But I'm not a teacher. I'm a community coach. I run some businesses out of my home, so I get to be home and work, which is awesome. But I like to go for these walks and. The reason why I go for these walks, um, there's some really cool things that happen when you go for walks. Your body kind of releases these these like feel-good uh, chemicals um, and hormones that kind of uh, allow you to do some cool things. So what I started noticing on these walks is you'd be walking and yeah, you start feeling good um, pretty, pretty uh, close to after right when you started, you start to feel it. And then what happens is your, your mind kind of opens up and it, 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 these thoughts start coming in your head and it's always positive thoughts. I've never, you know, I could be having a bad day and I go for one of these walks and whatever it is, your, your mind kind of just opens up and it, it's, it's almost hard to explain, but you almost like your mind is basically ready to figure out whatever issues you need to figure out. And what I find is it just kind of tells you um, what to do. And so I'll just start walking and then, you know, you, you just, thoughts start coming in your head and you start and i've had some of my best coaching ideas whether it be schemes or plays um business ideas on these walks and so i I enjoy them quite a lot actually and i would suggest anyone else to to try this um but what i found today is i I was walking and, and sometimes i set intentions so sometimes i you know on game day specifically like tomorrow we play notre dame big game for us and i'll set the intention of i i want to think about the game i want to think about um um, football in general. And then those thoughts will come to me. Um, but today I didn't, I, I didn't set any intentions and I do this more often than not. And I just started kind of walking and the thoughts that started coming to me happened to be football related. But what I realized quickly is I started to feel, um, really grateful for football. And I started to, to feel really excited for practice to go to practice uh, later today or or earlier today now, but during that time later today. And for me, I'm a kind of a person that like, I want to know why. So if I feel excitement for something, I don't want to just feel the excitement. I want to kind of dig deeper and and feel like, why am I feeling excited? What about it makes me excited? So when I started kind of thinking these thoughts and feeling excited about practice, I started asking myself, you know, why, why am I excited about practice? And what I realized really quickly, I thought was really, you know, powerful for myself because I've never thought of it maybe in this way directly, but I started, it had nothing to do with wins or losses. And and don't get me wrong. Anyone that knows me understands that my competitive drive is extremely high. I want to win at everything that I do, but I wasn't thinking about winning the game tomorrow. 
I wasn't thinking about game planning. I wasn't thinking about formations or, or scouting or anything like that. I was just thinking about the fact that I get to go be around a bunch of people and a bunch of kids that, <clears throat> that I really care about. And being with coaches that are my friends that I enjoy being around. And I started just kind of being like, <clears throat> that's such a, a powerful thought in my own mind because I try to practice gratitude as much as I can. It's not always easy. But I, I realized in that moment that the things that matter to me most are the people that I'm around, the, the people that I get the privilege to be around when I'm coaching. And mm-hmm. it's for me, I just thought um, if we want to be the best coaches, if we want to be the best teammates, it's impossible to not be that when you're full of gratitude for, for the people that you're around. Like it's impossible to to not love and care and give everything that you can for your teammates and your coaches or your players. If you're a coach, if you're grateful for the people that you're around. And I just, I wanted to share that on the podcast to start today because it was, it was a moment for me that, like I said, on this walk, that just kind of came to me. And like I said, I would suggest anyone to try this, like just go out for a walk by yourself, leave your phone at home, find a peaceful kind of quiet, calm place and just allow whatever thoughts come to you to come to you. And then start thinking about it. I don't know if that's something you've ever experienced, Amari, but I just, I thought that was a cool moment. And it was funny because I knew we had our podcast tonight and I, I wanted to kind of share that and, and, <clears throat> and maybe open it, uh, open it up for other people. Yeah, no, I like, I, li- I like that. I like that. Um, how it sounds and it, it sounds, I relate to that a lot just with how it feels where you, you ever get stuck on like a problem or like you're working on your car or like a puzzle and you're just like, can't hey, you need to come back to it? Mm-hmm. Uh, like a, a walk, like what you just mentioned really hits home for, you know, being, being one of those like other activities I can do to where that I can like, my brain will just like unlock what to do next, or like figure out what to do next and then come back to it. And um, yeah, that's what I, that's what I got out of that just with how I think of, I'm sure there's problems and, you know, different things in life that, that happened and i think it's a good reminder for everyone just to like take a step back do something else exercise some gratitude and come back to you know the task at hand that, that you're working through yeah and i think you that's a great point like and i said i've done it for business stuff and, and other other situations and i think the key that i've learned and i know this sounds kind of woo woo and anyone that knows me i know amari you you like to talk about my pregame rituals and all the the weird stuff that I have and my little, my little natural medicine cabinet that I take to all my games and stuff. And I, I, it is a middle, I like, I'm a big believer in the universe and and these types of things, which some people can be as a little woo woo, but I find that when you just, you got to get away, right? Like if you're having that mental block, you're having that work block, whatever it might be, work, school, you, you know, you're stuck on a homework assignment. You just can't figure it out. Go for a walk for half an hour and don't think about it and just kind of let it come to you. And it's amazing what our brains are capable of. So just a cool story um, that I kind of wanted to share with people and maybe that can that can help someone along the way. So um, uh, moving on to our episode, I'm, I'm really excited today for a number of reasons. Um, we have a guest on that we've wanted to get on for a long time. Uh, he's actually a sponsor of our show. Um, and it just so happens he's got a, a big game this week and and is uh, head coach of the Strathmore Spartans. So I'm really excited to talk to uh, the head coaches of the Strathmore Spartans and the Chestermere Lakers, as well as a couple of players from each team. So hopefully we've got some good questions and some good answers coming up for everyone. And the podcast will kind of take us where they take us. So let's get into it. We'll actually start with you, Dan. Uh, so 
Danny is the head coach of the Strathmore Spartans. He's also my, um, I've been my teammate in the past with the Calgary Wolfpack in the Alberta Football League. I've known Danny for a very long time. He actually knocked my team out of provincials last year um, in a, in a, in a good game, high scoring game and uh, made it to provincials last year with the Strathmore Spartans, um, ultimately falling short to powerhouse Holy Rosary. Danny is also a sponsor. His company, Warwick Grain Garriers, was our very first sponsor to come on with our podcast. So we're very happy to have him and and very thankful for his help. So Danny, I'll start with you. Kind of give your your brief um, football story and kind of what led you to being head coach of the Strathmore Spartans. Well, I started uh, actually playing football in Chestermere for their Bantam program. At the time, we didn't have a team here in Strathmore. Um, next year, uh, we got a team here in Strathmore. I finished off Bantam and then uh, went to high school here in Strathmore and also did a year in Okotoks at Foothills Comp. And then I spent uh, four years with the Calgary Colts. Um, you know, plenty of time on the bench. Uh, got to watch some great coaches like uh, Keith Kendall, Rob McNabb, Adam Bossetti, Tom Frizzani, Corey Allison, to name a few. So picked up a few things from them. Um, after that, I played uh, men's league football for a long time for the Calgary Wolfpack. And in about 2016, I came back to Strathmore. I got asked by the current head, uh, the head coach at that time was uh, Travis Gorski. He, uh, he played football for the U of S Huskies for five years kind of when they're on their Vanier run there and they're losing every year in the Vanier. So started off as a receivers and a running back coach and then worked, worked up to offensive coordinator, then kind of got into the special teams. And then uh, last year was my first year as the head coach. Awesome. And uh, Scott, same question for you. Um, what's your kind of football background and what led you to the Chestermere Lakers? Uh, so I, I grew up in Athabasca, Alberta, and I played at Edwin Park Composite in Athabasca. Um, unfortunately, they don't, they don't have the program anymore, but I got a great intro to football playing in Athabasca there. Um, you know, we, we were a 8 to 12 high school. Um, in grade 8, I was able to practice with the team and, uh, and, you know, kind of be the water boy and equipment manager on game day. Um, and then being a tier, th- uh, tier 4 team, um, I was able to play from grade nine through 12. So we didn't have any minor football there, but I got a chance to start playing, uh, playing in the ninth grade and, uh, really loved it. From there, I went to the U of A, um, and, and, uh, played for, uh, Jerry Friesen was the head coach and, uh, uh, Tim Princeton was the offensive line coach. Um, I played, played for the U of A for two seasons and then I had, uh, some academic, struggles and i took a year off of school and did some working and upgrade uh did some upgrading and i spent three years with the edmonton wildcats in the uh cjfl and the pfc um played for gary Durchuk the first year um and then darcy park took over my second and third year as the head coach um and uh, uh greg tishka was our offensive line coach there and then I went back to U of A for 2013 and 2014, and that was the start of Chris Morris's tenure at U of A. And uh, um, Tim Princeton was the O-line coach again. So similar to Danny being exposed to a lot of different coaches, I, I took a little, bit of, a little bit from everybody that I had a chance to play for. I knew, you know, I was hopeful to maybe get a chance to, to play in the CFL, and it uh, didn't quite work out that way, but I knew – when it looked that way that um, there was uh, I knew I wanted to get into coaching. So um, I 
got my teaching degree when I went back to school and a job in Chestermere came up and I, I applied on it and, and it's, the rest is kind of history. So the first year um, I coached the offensive line, uh, Brian Utley, who uh, coached that program for, I think, you know, close to 40 years. He was the head coach uh, my first year. Um, then he retired and uh, myself and a gentleman by the name of uh, Brent Legault uh, were co-head coaches that second year. I sort of handled the on the field stuff and the offense and he handled more of the administrative stuff and the defense. Um, and then he took a, a assistant principal job at Langdon school and, and I sort of took over uh, the rest of the program uh, in 2017, I believe I became the head coach at Chestermere. That's awesome. And I just have a question. So what year did you play for the Wildcats? So I was with the U of A for, uh, 2008 and 2009. And then okay. 2010, 11, and 12, I was with the Wildcats. And then 13 and 14, I was back with the Bears. Okay, yeah, because I, I, I didn't recognize your name. And I, I was on the 09 Wildcats team that went to the national championship. Um, and, uh, I would have played against you. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Wow, geez. That was my last junior junior game when you guys knocked us out in 09. Uh, with the Sooners? <laughs> No, uh, the Colts. I was with the Colts. Oh, you were with the Colts. Yeah, we played the Sooners in the uh, whatever you call the semifinal of the national yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. And Gary, um, Gary was the coach then, and he he, he was a uh, he he'd been there doing that for a long time. And then I know Darcy took over. And now they've got uh, Kevin Withrich down there, who I played with as well. So we called him Cash back in the day. So he, he's hopefully going to do a good job down there. I've got a bunch of my kids that have gone to the Wildcats, so yeah. close to my close to my heart down there. Um, uh, Jacob, we'll start from you. So Jacob is a uh, mostly corner, plays a little bit elsewhere uh, for the Strathmore Spartans. Jacob, talk to me about your football story. What got you into football um, and your path to to where you are now? Okay, so yeah, so basically um, I started a bit later, actually. So I didn't play any Bantam or Peewee. So pretty much uh, um, I have a really good friend on the team now. So he wanted me to join my uh, grade 10 year. Um, unfortunately, uh, I wasn't able to. But he kept talking. I eventually persuaded my parents and I was able to get around the team. I started um, kind of practicing with them um, in grade 10, started working on it. Um, and then, yeah, my first year was my grade 11 year. And um, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I started at um, receiver uh, in our spring camp. Didn't do so well. Eventually got moved to DB. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. And I've been there ever since, really. So you've only been this year, grade 12 now. So this is just your second year of football ever. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and you play corner and, you know, I, all corners are close to my heart because I'm a, I'm a corner at heart as well. And I understand the, the amount um, of maybe disrespect that really good corners um, get and people don't truly understand what it means uh, for a defensive coordinator or defense to have a really good corner. So um, corners are always just, this close to my heart. I think it's one of the hardest positions in, in all the sports to play. Um, Gage, uh, receiver, Chestermere Lakers, also a member of Omari's Raw Camps. Um, if anybody wants to check out those Raw Camps, and Omari is a part of that, and they do a really good job. Uh, same question for you, man, your, your story, and, and what led you to where you are now? So the first year I started playing was in grade nine. Uh, same thing with Jacob. I had a friend who – also hadn't played, but he wanted to get into it, and he, he just wanted me to join with him. So we ended up joining together. Uh, this one was like the COVID year, so we had to split the Banta team, and it was I think it was nine-on-nine. Nine. Um, 
And so we had two different Chiefs teams. And me, it was funny. Me and that player that uh, wanted to join together, we got put on different different teams. So we never got to or anything like that. But uh, it didn't matter. I, I really liked the game. I started out as a running back. And um, I was not that good of a running back. I was like fumbling every drive, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> we got switching positions. Um, after working with a couple of people from the team, a receiver, so I used to play receiver, and then uh, Team Alberta was coming with like, uh, I guess it would be summer games, I think now, with the um, County Colts and the Stamps and stuff like that. Yeah. That team, and that was my first ever game playing receiver. Um, I didn't play much in that game, but it was, it was fun. Trying to was, it was fun and stuff like that. And I really, saw, uh, really fell in love with being a receiver. And then after that, um, I think it might have been that year. No, 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 it was the next year. Yeah, and then coming into grade 10 with the Chesterman Lakers, came up as a receiver. Uh, didn't get much playing time in the beginning, but at the end, I, I think I stepped up and started getting a lot more reps and stuff like that. Um, and then, again, tried out for Team Alberta, like the actual Team Alberta this time. And that's where I met Amari, because uh, uh, the Raw group was doing the combine at the time. And that's where, that's where I met Raw, and then... We just kind of talked since, and I've been with them ever since. And I wouldn't change a thing with them. Um, after that, grade 11 year, uh, that went well. That was fun. That was a good year. Um, oh, I, I've missed it. I missed the team. After the grade 10 year in spring, there was a spring team, and that was the Stamps team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I changed this year to the Chesterman, uh, Chesterman Chiefs, where I met Coach Danny, who was our re- uh, wide receiver coach. We won back-to-back Division Two titles. Um, and then after that, tried out for Team Alberta, finally made a Team Alberta team at Team Alberta Blue. And uh, yeah, now we're here. Yeah, that's awesome. So you've had quite a quite a bit of action in your short football career. And it's cool. Like I, I, what I love so much about the Alberta football scene is just how many people have connections. And so, as you heard, even though Danny coaches Strathmore, he's, he's coached uh, Gage and he's met Omari. So it's really cool to, to have you on the podcast and, and we're looking forward to this. Uh, Danny, we'll, we'll start with you. So about, we're going to talk about your game this week. So this is kind of cool for us last week. Unfortunately, we just, we couldn't get, um, couldn't work out the schedule to get Chinook on um, with the HGA, which ended up, you know, being an unbelievable game. Uh, Chinook took that by one point and is now the number one team in the province. So um, really glad that we had HGA on there, but now we have both teams. And so this is going to be kind of cool. So we're going to get into this game. We'll start with you, Danny. Um, last year, you guys took a huge step forward making it all the way to the tier three provincial championship game. I think you probably surprised a lot of people. I know being a tier three coach myself, I wasn't really paying much attention to Strathmore. And then all of a sudden you kind of kept popping up in the rankings and popping up. And, and then you made it all the way to the tier three championship, obviously losing to powerhouse Holy Rosary. They got their, their first tier three title there. Um, how are you using it that to fuel this season? What have you seen so far out of your group? It seems you've gotten even better this year. You're continuing to, to win games and win by, you know, a pretty decent amount. You've moved up to tier two now with a little bit of, with a little bit of school growth. So what are you preaching to your players? Players this year, as far as your goals again of reaching a provincial final, how are you really building off of last year? Well, we're using that uh, that bad loss in the provincials as a learning experience. I mean, it was our it was our first time in the dance. I mean, this this program's never even sniffed it before till till last year. And I mean, uh, 
we kind of went into it not knowing what to expect and, and it didn't work out too too well for us. So we've tried to learn from that last year. And I mean, we, at the end of the day, we probably didn't work hard enough and and study hard enough uh, with our opponents to, to give them a, a better game. And, and I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of been the mandate this year, man. Um, hard work, don't quit, all that kind of stuff. Like we keep it simple here, but I mean, I, I never want to see guys quitting. I never want to see them unprepared and all that. And with your move to tier two, obviously tier two is kind of a powerhouse this year. I mean, you've got, you've got really good teams in that tier two group. You've got George McDougall, Hunting Hills from Red Deer is going to be no joke. Like we just played them last week. That is that is a very good football team. Um, of course, you've got HTA. You've got Chinook who just beat them. So how are you kind of navigating that? Because you're you're definitely even though you've moved up, you're still quite small for tier two, right? Yeah. So we've kind of bounced around from tier two and three over the last half decade. Um, okay. There's been there's been some rule changes. I know last year they took the three year average, so that bumped us down to three. And then they got rid of that. We're, we're a tier two school now. Um, we actually have a, a, a large international student population at the school here. We get about 150 uh, kids from out of country that come come here oh, wow. to go to school. So that's usually what usually what moves us up into tier two. And we actually we actually got a couple kids um, that are international students on the team this year. And um, how many returners do you have from last year? Did you how many did you lose? I guess I should say. Uh, we lost about nine guys that were, oh, wow. were start were starters, um, which yeah. is not a, not unusual. So we we got a fairly veteran team. Um, we got some inexperience and some youth in some spots, but uh, you know I've, I've been pretty happy with the guys' uh, performance and work ethic so far. And I mean, tier two is uh, tier two is no joke. There's some good teams in there. Um, they've definitely uh, you know we've been winning some games, but we haven't really had. Uh, any games against uh tier two teams, right? Right. Yeah. And coach Scott, um, you guys, I looked at your score. They're obviously a super close game, but one point can't get any closer than that against Burt church. I, I know those losses can be, um, disheartening for players, especially young people who maybe can't kind of compartmentalize what that means. And that, that, you know, you lose by one point, there's actually obviously a lot of really good things you can take out of that, but it's hard to maybe see that right away. What was your message to your players following that one point loss, um, following the game? Well, you know, the, the message was, you know, and it's kind of continued this week. Like we, we play 48 minutes, but you know, 150 ish snaps of football in a game, but it always typically boils down to somewhere between five and seven plays that are really like meaningful in a game. Um, that game in particular, we we scored with about fifty seconds on the clock to um, to be down by one, and we made the decision to go for two. And we we uh, had the ball in our hands, and the DB drove and made a great play and knocked it out. And you know we mm-hmm. we put ourselves in a position that it really was one one snap that mattered, um, but. The, the 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 message was like you know I I I love this team I trust this team you know I I would make that decision ten times out of ten if given the choice again um, and we need to do a better job going forward of making sure that we take advantage of the five to seven plays throughout the game so that we don't have to focus on the very one last play of the game kind of deal so um, it's you know it seems like the message has been received and we've been you know had a had a pretty good little week of practice here and <clears throat> got some good prep in, but you know, it is, it is tough, you know, 
with with those close games, it can can definitely be disheartening. Um, but I think you know we've we've rebounded pretty well. Yeah, and you know I think that's such a good point. With with you, I love the idea to go for two when you're down one. I just I think I mean for me, I'm, it says I trust my players. I trust my players to be successful. And even if they they don't make it, I, I think that that trust i know as a player myself like i i just would love that from my coach like like trust us to get this done so i i think that i just love that decision all around i think all almost always because i think putting trust into your players is extremely important even if it doesn't work in the short term i think in the long term it's it's extremely valuable um one yeah go one, ahead, one thing i wanted to to add in there for uh, for danny you said you got some international students who are playing with you um how, what's that experience been like, you know, showing the game to to, to internationals coming into, I guess, our culture here in Alberta and showing them the game of football? What's that been like and any challenges there? And, and what are some things that you're excited to see with them? Um, well, thinking back over the over the years, um, the eight years I've been there, we, we usually have one or two every year. Um, so, sometimes there's some language uh, barriers. That would be one of the challenges. But uh the two guys I got right now, uh, Tejon Park and Gael Reyes, they, uh, man, they work hard. They do a good job. They're, they're both key players on our team. Um, Park is a linebacker. He's an outstanding linebacker. Um, never played football till he got here in grade 10. And then Gael, same thing. He plays defensive halfback and never played a down of football. Didn't even really know what it was. But, I mean, these kids, they work, and, and they're always at practice. I've, I've never had any issues with them that way. And and that, that that's exciting to see, and you know, with with them coming from you know their outside outside countries and cities uh, to here, what do you find is a different mentality that they, that they bring to to I guess them learning the game or just their approach to it? Um, they definitely ask a lot a lot more questions. I would think um, they're very they're very. Uh, intrigued by the game and 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 they want to know as much as possible nice uh, that's that's super exciting i guess it's awesome for the growth of growth of our sport to see it grow in you know bring people in and have them play our game and i think what's even exciting with that is i'm sure there's have, have has there ever, ever ever been any um athletes to have either gone other opportunities at junior or university to t- to continue playing football um, as of now, we, we haven't, um, mm-hmm. um, I think, uh, this, this, uh, Tejon Park, he, uh, he has a shot to play some junior football if, uh, if that's the path he chooses. That's awesome. That's such an, I love- that's such an interesting mindset. That's a great question, Amari. And I, I think like thinking about that myself, like seeing the game through their eyes, you know, probably never seen it before. And football is pretty weird if you haven't seen it before, right? Like it's, it's actually kind of strange. Um, so that would be, that's a, and I'm sure that helps you a lot, Danny, just in, especially with the language barrier, you got to be a little bit more um, careful with your communication um, and explaining things. And that can only help you as a coach as well, I'd imagine. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, <laughs> coaching football and, and, and being around the kids is, has definitely been a learning experience for me and it still is every day, man. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, kids are a lot different than when I grew up and, and, uh, I'm always learning something new. So that it, that is the truth yeah we're different and that's okay and we got to figure out how to how to handle all that um coach scott moving into this week 
Um, obviously, you're playing Strathmore, a very good team, a very good opponent. Um, what are you focused on most with your group this week? Like in practice, what have you really been stressing this week? And and what is the biggest challenge that you've seen that the Spartans give you guys? Well, you know, I I, I got a chance to coach with Danny this past spring. I was on that that chief staff as well. And, you know, just getting to know Danny throughout, throughout that process and, and uh, you know, kind of de- developing a, a collaborative friendship. We, uh, you know, we're, we're back and forth texting and sending each other clips and stuff every chance we get. And just having gotten to know Danny and hearing him preach work ethic and toughness, like this is, uh, is going to be a physical game. You know, we, we played... Um, we played Medicine Hat High early in the year in an exhibition game, and uh, you know they they definitely out physicaled us early on. And my message to the kids for you know since since we kind of turned the page last week is this is going to be as physical a team as we play this year. Um, so that you know that's definitely going to be um, the the focus for us, and and uh, you know definitely the challenge for us as well is just the the level of physicality and and. Uh, but still being able to, you know, throw the ball down the field and and do some things like that while while maintaining that physicality. Yeah, maintaining your identity and, and matching that physicality. I know, you know, from playing Strathmore last year, that the physicality really wore us down. Um, it was just, you know, you get to that second half and and it it starts to wear on you, and it, it really did with us, especially their power running game, and was a big advantage over our kind of smaller <clears throat> team here in Sylvan. So I know that's probably going to always be the the mantra they they bring and the identity they bring, especially knowing Danny um, as a player as well, and he's he's the exact same way there. Danny, big win last week. Uh, you guys beat a team you beat in last year's provincial playoffs. It was a close game in the playoffs. You absolutely um, handled your business this week, forty one nothing. So, how do you keep your team focused after a game like that? Like when when like you said, you haven't played some of these big schools yet. You know, when push comes to shove, come to the provincial playoffs, zone playoffs, all this stuff you're going to be faced with adversity. You're not going to be having 41 nothing game. So how do you um, keep your guys focused? Um, what are you doing within your practice, within your within your uh, culture, within your system to make sure that these guys understand that football is not going to be, you know, always easy. You're going to be faced with adversity. And, ha- and how do we handle that in those situations? Well, I mean, speaking for this week, it, it's quite easy. I mean, Chesmere, Strathmore, man, that's like the Hatfields versus, versus McCoys. Um, if you can't get up for this game, you, you probably can't play on my football team, man. Like, this is a rivalry game. Um, you know, Strathmore and Chesmere, whether it's hockey, football, baseball, they've been going back and forth <laughs> at each other for a long time. And it, it's it's somewhat friendly rivalry, but it's still a rivalry in that matter. And I mean, I, you know, I'm always preaching, uh, obviously hard work and, and physicality, you know, if, if my team's got nothing they get, they got to at least be physical and, uh, you know, everything else I can work with, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough, man. Keeping these guys motivated when you haven't played too many close games. Um, we're really trying to, uh, you know, we've had some issues with, uh, some, some weird turnovers in the red zone. We're trying to clean that up. Um, Discipline's been an ongoing issue throughout the year, although I will say it has progressed uh, in a positive way every week. It's gotten better. So I expect I expect that to be uh, keep improving on every week. So, 
Yeah, and especially in those close games, obviously discipline is 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 massive. You know, when Coach Scott was talking about game comes down to five or six snaps, and a lot of times it comes down to one or two penalties, right? And so keeping them disciplined in those moments because it is tough. Like we're all human beings here, and and it, even as coaches, it's it's hard to stay, you know, the same mindset when you're up in a big game big or down in a game big. And I find it really important, especially for coaches, to maintain even like my kind of mindset is if somebody couldn't see the scoreboard and they were just watching my team play and watching me that they would think the game was close because that's how we're playing. Right. And so that's what you try to preach. It's not, obviously it's easier said than done, but hopefully you guys this week get, um, get the test you guys are looking for. And obviously with that rivalry, I actually wasn't aware that the rivalry was that big. So that's, that's exciting to hear. Um, that's it's you know we have one with Stetler here in Sylvan Lake and I know there's a lot of schools that have those rivalries and they just it's just extra right it just it does it brings a little bit up for the guys so I think that's that's really important what's your um biggest focus this week with Chestermere obviously you've probably seen film you know coach Scott a little bit what is what's your biggest focus as a group and and what does Chestermere um provide that that gives you guys a a, a big challenge well, luckily this last spring, like Scott said, I got the chance to coach with him and, and quite a few of the Chesamere Lakers were on that spring team, probably 25 or 30 of them. So um, at a personal level, I, I kind of know them fairly well. And I mean, yeah, Scott's got uh, some really good receivers, you know, all four of them are good, good, solid players. Uh, quarterback's got a quick release and, and we got to We got to stay disciplined. I mean, they like to run a lot of RPOs stuff like that um you know linebackers can't be can't be biting on the uh on the on the first run option right they got to stay uh they got to stay disciplined on the back side or there might be a slant from the slot back coming in behind them that quarterback's going to pull the ball and and hit one of their slot backs right i've seen you know what i've seen so much rpo in the last two to three years it's really making a you know, I noticed it as a defensive coordinator. It's really like becoming popular, I think, among the boards. And that's a credit to obviously all the coaches, but the quarterbacks as well. Like it's not it's not an easy thing to do to run the RPO successfully. Uh, we played a team in Hunting Hills last week who ran the RPO brilliantly. It was it was frustrating because it, he just the quarterback just did such a good job of of running it, and it, it makes it so difficult on the defenses. So that is something if if they've got good receivers in a team, it's something that is just it challenges it challenges guys mentally every single rep to kind of hold your ground a little bit, reading that play, and like you said, um, not maybe reacting to the first thing that they see. Uh, Elmar, you got anything for the coaches before we move on to some player questions? Um. Nothing uh well I hear here's one question I got actually. Um Danny and Scott, so you guys both coached for each other um with the Chesford Chiefs. Now, is there ever gonna is there gonna be a point in like a like I like to call it the Bill Belichick moment where you guys are gonna really try and game plan, knowing each other what knowing each other's decisions what they're gonna do. I don't want you guys to share share that, but just give it like no nice little scoop of like, oh you gotta be have some ideas on what the other person would do and you would actually plan for that. And then they would plan for you to make that like any of those moments coming up here. Well, I'll, I'll just say, you know, Danny and I were chatting the other day and we've, uh, we've got a gentleman's agreement not to be stealing either anybody's signals. Um, you know, <laughs> we've, uh, you know it's a lot of the offense that we're running is kind of what we were running with the chiefs. And, and I think, you know, Danny picked up some of that stuff as well. And, um, you know, like I say, I, 
that that physicality I think is at Danny's core and and so I know if I'm I have a feeling if he's got to get a yard he's going to be leaning on that and and uh you know I'm 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 really excited for the game and just referencing that Hunting Hills team you know that's where I learned a lot of this stuff I I coached on the uh U18 team Alberta staff I was the O-line coach for the last three Canada Cups and Kyle with, Kyle with Sedgwick yeah the head coach of Hunting Hills is the OC so yeah where I've learned a lot of that stuff from was from Kyle. He's been been a great mentor for me. Yeah, and we're going to have Kyle on the podcast too. Uh, Kyle Sedgwick, head coach Hunting Hills. Again, you know, funny story. Kyle actually coached me um, his my very first year on the Red Deer Buccaneers. He was the head coach of the Bucks. So um, he's been doing it a long time. I'm actually a Hunting Hills boy as well. I went to Hunting Hills myself um, for my grade 10 and 11 year before I moved to Sands Scorpions in North Delta, BC for my grade 12 year. So yeah, that's a, just another connection. That's cool. Yeah, he's... um. He's a good mentor to have. He understands the game. And, you know, I always enjoy going up against him because he, he he makes me work really hard to try to be in the right positions. But he's got a great quarterback this year. Um, his name's Merrick. He's actually Sylvan Lake kid, and he ended up out there. Um, and, and some great receivers. So that, that Hunting Hills team is, is no joke in Tier 2, so look out for them. Um, okay, Danny, anything about the, on that Omari's question? Um, yeah, like, you know, I – did coach with Scott and I learned a lot from him. Um, you know, some, some play concepts and, and, and the biggest thing was, uh, you know, was teaching these kids, the concepts and communicating the concepts. You know, we, he basically taught me how to play charades, um, with hand signals, uh, hand signaling in plays to the offense and formations and all that. That was, that was kind of my biggest thing as an OC was, uh, was, you know, having some kind of structure with the, with the playbook and all that and and i picked up a lot of that from scott this spring and and i guess uh kyle sedgwick is the the godfather of that and it's kind of branched off to scott and then to me and and who knows who else right i guess sedgwick's the belichick of of uh high school football then everyone's kind of coming from that tree so kyle if you're listening that's a pretty cool thing to hear um and i have a ton of respect for him as a coach and he like you said doing that football Alberta stuff as well um so it's cool to see we talked about this on the last podcast of the best coaches steal things from other coaches because the best coaches don't have egos they're looking to find things that work and then kind of tune it to their own kind of liking so i i think that's really important all right gage we're going to come to you buddy so lakers uh receiver I'd like you to describe to me um, as a leader of that team, your offensive mentality. So what do you expect, not only from yourself, but from your teammates, game in, game out, play in, play out. When you watch film after the game, what do you, what are, what are your kind of non-negotiables as far as holding your, your teammates accountable to the things that they need to do correctly? Um, I would say effort, right? Even if the ball is not coming to you or coming away, you still gotta, you know, there's only one ball. Uh, Coach Ladu and Danny have both said that uh, this to me that there's only one ball, right? There's only one player that can hit the ball. So whether the ball's coming to you or not, you still got to block. You still got to have effort. Um, one thing that I hold myself to, and I try and hold uh, my offense to, is just to be dominant on the field. Um, whether it's mm-hmm. a run play, like I'm, like I, like me, as me myself, if it's a run play. I'm, I'm going to block you as hard as I can. I'm going to try and push you all the way to your own sideline and sit you down right next to your coach. That is my job. That is what I'm going to do. If I don't do that, I fail. If my guy makes the tackle on my player, that's my fault. I can't let that happen, right? If it's uh, running the ball as I don't get, I got I to gotta take hits. I got to make sure that they feel those hits. And I'll just 
just be the most dominant that I can in the game, whether it be blocking, catching, or anything like that. You know, that's a fantastic answer. Gage, I, I would, if we were allowed to recruit in high school, I'd recruit you right now. Um, that's an attitude that I think maybe is missing, um, especially in receivers. You know, receivers, you know, they want to catch the ball. They want to get touched. I love blocking. I yeah, love I can tell. And it's it's great because, yeah, and taking that pride in blocking is huge, right? Being being prideful of that skill. And I'll tell you right now, that is something that all coaches look for um, and people that are willing to do that. So, yeah, that's a fantastic you, – you, you hyped me up, Gage. I'm not going to lie to you. You hyped me up for football and I, <laughs> just by that speech. So great job. Um, <laughs> your turn, Jacob. Same kind of question. You're a defensive player. I know you're new to the game. You're probably still really figuring out stuff um, as we all are. You know, some of us are decades into this and we're all still figuring stuff out about the game. So best answer you can, but like what, what's your defensive mentality? What do you expect from your teammates week in and week out and play in and play out? Honestly, toughness. I would say, I would say if there's one word to describe, it would be toughness. Like, Mm -hmm. especially playing defense, like bad stuff is going to happen to you. Unfortunately, like you're going to make mistakes. And I think, the best way like to get over that and keep going is just be mentally tough. Like if you're mentally tough, everything's going to be a lot easier on defense. That's a big part of defense. Cause mm-hmm. if like, and um, something I like to go by a saying I like to go by that I've, hear, I've heard quite a bit for defense is just water under the bridge, right? Especially at corner. If you let up a, if you let up a catch, you got to just let it go. Just move on to the next play, make it count. Like make that next play count. Like mm-hmm. get that comes to you again go get that ball make a play on that ball get a turnover like mm-hmm. whatever you got to do to make up for that i think that's definitely something my teammates and yeah go ahead ben and keep going um i think my teammates it's a it's a thing i think last year we were quite a tough defense and i think this year we've really grown and we're again going to be a very tough defense very physical we pride ourselves in you know being a good defense i think yeah. And I mean, toughness is huge, right? And I think if you, if you make that your, your identity, then you're going to, you're going to be successful at least in a few areas. I love what you said about the DB position. Like I said, as a DB myself, it's, you can't get caught up, um, with, with the mistakes because you're always going to get an opportunity to make up for that mistake. And it's like, it's like golf. Okay. So I'm trying to be a good golfer and golf is hard. Like golf is very, very hard and i find the hardest part is actually the mental game you you take one bad shot and then all of a sudden the next seven are terrible but if you get one good shot then the next six are good right it kind of feeds off it so i think that's so important especially as someone who's a db that is kind of you know isolated and people notice mistakes right you can make a mistake on the d line make a mistake at linebacker and maybe it goes unnoticed by most people um even people that don't understand the game but as a corner as a db everybody at that field knows when you made a mistake and that can be tough, right? It can be a little embarrassing. It can be, you can feel, but if you have that mentality, like you said, of like, Hey, please throw it to me again, because I'm not letting, letting that happen again. And my big thing to my guys is just don't make the same mistake twice. Don't fix it and move on because we can do that. And I think, I think that's great. And I think as a, as an entire unit, I know from playing you guys last year, your defense definitely embodies what you just said. Um, uh, Mari, I am, I know you've got some, we've, we started a new segment maybe on, uh, some, some scouting <laughs> trivia. So uh, let's do it. Let's see. Yeah, Jacob so Gage. I was about to say, I'm looking here at the, um, <clears throat> at the roster here now and, um, checking, checking on his highlight highlights tape and everything. Um, 
Let's see here. I'm going to go to the team. Right, so this is all based off how to now off the uh, how to roster here. So my question now here for Gage is going to be um, on the cornerback side. On who on? Let's see. Number. Here we go. What position does number 15 play on Strathmore? Is that Bodie? Or is oh, on corner? Would that be would that also be Gage? I guess there's all this. I see. I see two here. So I guess there's two answers. It's all I got. This is nothing. I guess with the huddle, it's not the most accurate here. But with with what you know, who you're going to be going against in front? Who's that? Who is that destined to be? Is that going to be Jacob here, or who do you think oh, number two? It's going to be Jacob. Oh, <laughs> we got Jacob. I better be Jacob. All the best on best. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> of course. And, and and now, because I always want to keep this a positive thing. I never want to do anything to where you bring East Side down. So what what's going to be some aspects to your game? Because Jacob, I'm going to ask you this too now. Um, so for Gage first, what part of your game um, do you feel like you get to really be on top of to make sure you get wins on your matchup against Jacob? Jacob, you're going to have a chance to answer back as well. Uh, so I'll have Gage here go first. You know, I, I got to say my speed. I have to say my speed. I think I think my speed is one thing that's gonna keep me on top of this a lot. Yeah, I think that's that's one thing I know from from coaching you and you know from 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 the raw camps and to see your development, everything and all the work you put in. This speed is definitely a big asset that that you have. And I mean, I, I think all of us here watch the Miami Dolphins torch Denver Broncos. They have like a track team running their offense yeah. there. So speed, speed, so definitely, speed definitely hits. <laughs> Right. And then Jacob, now knowing, I think we all know Gage has some of the top speed in the province. Um, you know, how do you, what's going to be your game plan now, you know, playing with the defense here to be going in with that to, to best defend against it. Um, knowing that, and knowing, knowing that, that that's a tool that he has in his belt. What's, what's going to be some, some things that you are going to be keying on to work with? Man, I'm going to be physical. Every single snap is going to be physical. Man, I'm going to be pressing every single time. I'm going to be getting hands <laughs> on the line. going to be physical all night. Oh, that's awesome. We, we, we love to hear it. And I think this is the beautiful thing with football where someone wins, someone loses, but we all, we all learn lessons to get up at the end of the day and, and keep playing. And, you know, you know this, this, this could be a game here where maybe, maybe there's a nine ball that Gage catches um it could be a slant that jacob intercepts you never know that's that's the, that's the beautiful thing of football where you guys didn't get a chance to battle and i think this is quite unique where you guys had a chance to you know politely politely talk to the skills up and and everything they do really well and and on, on, the, on the on the flip side of that here's one quick thing i want to ask each of you guys so um outside of what you already answered jake will have you go first what's one area of your opponent's game that you want to compliment Right, because I feel like there's always that part of the game where you know you never fear someone, but you respect their game and you understand like, hey, this is what they're good at, and you want to respect it. What's an aspect of Gage's game that you um, respect? And then Gage, I'm gonna ask you now, what's an aspect of Jacob's game that you respect? Um, his speed definitely, and his route running. Uh, I did the I did the raw um, field prep camp with him this summer, so I've definitely seen his route running, and I'm gonna say it's it's gonna be one of the best. Uh, receivers in that uh, category that I'm going to go against all year. 
Nice, nice. Engage for you. Uh, thank you, Jacob. Um, I just want to say his hips. Uh, I would say he has really fluent hips. Like it's really when uh, whenever I flip his hips, he can he can turn them back almost right away. I want to say that's that's honestly impressive. Like, I find it really impressive. And you know that is a that's a big uh, compliment coming from receiver because I always say there you know if you want to ask about DBs ask the receivers who go against them and vice versa right because those guys truly know like deep in their heart even if they maybe don't want to admit it they know who those guys are um, yeah so that that's cool to hear that's awesome and um, you know here here's here's other question I got because I know I've I've talked to Gage about this in the in the past um, pregame meals now. Who wants to go first, or Jacob Gage? Which is your guys' ideal pregame meal that you're bringing tomorrow for lunch, which then is going to help fuel you for the game time? Is it game good. tomorrow or Friday? Just let's be clear on that. Oh, Friday. It's, it's Friday. Yeah. Friday. Okay. So, what's going to be Friday's lunch or pregame snack? Gage, you want to go first? I'll go first. Um, you know, I always thought I'd go with the subway. The subway never hits. I mean, never disappoints. It never disappoints. Uh, also take a can of Gorilla Pop because you know I got the big for the game too. What <laughs> this guy? <laughs> I I gotta take some Gorilla Pump because I got a mistake for the game. No, you gotta take the Gorilla Pump so that hopefully you, uh, Jacob can't press you as easily, right? A little more. That's so funny, Gorilla Pump. We are not sponsored by Gorilla Pump, anybody. Just so you know, but if Gorilla Pump wants to sponsor us, hit us up. <laughs> and then Lagos to to finish up that gauge. What's your subway order? Um, I might get like a little bit roasted on this. I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of plain. So it's Italian or white bread, and then salami, cheese. Um, then we get some pickles, uh, some cucumbers, some lettuce, some tomatoes, and we get the mayo and the sub sauce. Okay, okay. So that, that that's the secret to being fast. Yeah. It's that pickle yeah. juice, man. It keeps you from cramping. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life, honestly. I got to look big for the game. Oh, my God. Uh, and, Jacob, what's going to be your pregame meal? Honestly, I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to pop a protein shake, make sure I got uh, some protein in me for the game. Then I'm going to have a banana. And Danny's going to hate me for this one, but I'm going to get a wrap at Tim Hortons. Danny doesn't like the raps? <laughs> no, just Tim Hortons in general. Okay. <laughs> Tim, Hort- Tim Hortons is terrible, man. Tim Hortons. Danny's got a strong opinion about Tim Hortons. That's funny. We were also not sponsored by Tim Hortons, and I don't think we're going to be now. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Jacob, what's your – do you get any kind of rap, or is there a particular – like, are you a farmer's rap? Oh, I'm a farmer's rap. Yeah. Nice. Well, at least you're supporting the farmers, buddy. <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's awesome those are honestly guys those are you actually had me loling out loud so that's really good um god um coach scott uh that's <laughs> just too good oh man. you never know hey we've been doing this podcast a long time we never kind of know where it's gonna go we kind of have a baseline of things we want to talk about but i definitely didn't think that but that's amazing everybody here listening is now like googling gorilla pompers are like man i want to okay um coach scott uh, talk to me about Chestermere because I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you and I'm not saying I'm not great with geography. I haven't 
really heard of the place uh, um, up until maybe kind of seeing that you guys had a football team. Ne- definitely never been there. Uh, I know you're called the Lakers. You know, we're called the Lakers here in Sylvan Lake. We actually have a lake. I don't know if you guys have a lake. So one, do you guys actually have a lake? And two, talk to me about the town. Um, what's great about the town? What's special about that area? Um, and and kind of like kind of sell the town a little bit because maybe I think there's a lot of people that maybe haven't been there or heard of it. You know what? I'm not going to hold it against you. I didn't. I had. I had never heard of the town until I applied. Was pointed in the direction of the job posting, and yeah. uh, I just. I didn't really have anything holding me in in Edmonton or Athabasca, and I was looking to get into teaching and coaching. And I applied, and I I came down here, and I got the job. And uh, um, we do we do have a lake. Our school is not uh, not right in town, so the you know my my in-laws have a cabin in Sylvan right on Lakeshore there. So it's not quite the same type of Lake uh, mm-hmm. it's smaller than in Sylvan. Um, but uh, we're just, we're just sort of East of Calgary um, kind of like a, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of commuters into Calgary for work from Chestermere. Um, our school is just East of town about halfway between Calgary and, and Strathmore or a little bit closer to Calgary than Strathmore. Um, we're sort of in the middle of a field uh, where where our school is, you know, once upon a time, Chestermere was a, a small, small, small community. And, uh, um, you know, the school services, Chestermere, Indus, and Langdon, and uh, where the school is, if you were to just draw a line connecting those three communities, is basically right dead center where those lines intersect. Um, so it presents its own own challenges. You know, we're, we're, we're just far enough out of town that we don't actually have... Um, uh, water plumbed out to the school we have to bring water in uh by trucks to run our school um oh, crazy that, that leads to its uh own challenges with trying to maintain our, our, our playing field um hmm. but the community itself is great we uh we, we like i said we get kids from langdon and chestermere and indus so we've kind of got three communities that that feed our school um it chestermere the city of Chestermere has grown a lot. It was quite large by the time I got here in 2016, um, but the the population has grown significantly, um, and we're still sort of a rural school that is servicing a, a one of the fastest growing cities in in, in Alberta. Um, so it's it's had its it's uh, the school has had a, a transformation in the last 20 to 25 years. Um, but the, the community has been very welcoming. Um, there are a lot of people with it being a smaller school. There are still some people who grew up in the area and then t- taught and coached in the area. And there's a lot of community support. Um, we do our Friday Night Lights game every year, which is kind of typically our first home game after school uh, has started. And we've got two pretty good sized uh, sets of bleachers and lights and it it we pack that place up, man. And it's, there's a great turnout for those, for those games and um, some great support from the community. So it's uh, it's a great place to teach. Um, I don't live in the community anymore in the, in the community anymore, um, but I, it, it's a great place to teach. It's a great place to coach. And I, I really love that. I, I sort of ended up down here. Yeah, that's awesome. Gage, you got anything uh, specific? Are you in Chestermere? Like where are you, where are you residing? And uh, tell me a little bit about the town. Yeah, I live in Chester. Uh, it's a good town, great town. Uh, everyone knows each other and stuff like that. So, like, the entire football team, you know, um, everyone knows each other. Everyone likes each other and stuff like that. And uh, I think we're really close and we respect each other as players and as people as well. 
Yeah. And I think that's, what's cool about those small communities, right? Is you, you, I think it's maybe a gift and a curse that everybody knows everyone because so like, as I'm finding out my, my wife is a teacher here in Sylvan Lake. We've now been here for seven years and I've been coaching for pretty much all those seven years. And at, at this point I can't go, we can't go anywhere in the town without somebody seeing us and wanting to talk to us, whether it be students or whatever, which can get a little bit like, man, I just want to get my groceries. So I, I think, uh, yes. I think there's a gift that occurs to that. If you'd agree. Yeah. Uh, I think as long as you like respect each other and like, you know, obviously don't gossip about each other. I think it'd be a great gift. It's yeah. That's a, that's the key, right? Yeah. Be respectful to people and, and you should, you should be okay. Um, yeah, that's cool. I, I love the, I love the small town, you know, personally, I, I always want, like, it's nice living in, in Sylvan Lake. It's nice being close to the big towns, but I don't think I could ever actually live in a big town. I enjoy kind of the small town community. Um, coach Scott, I wanted to ask you, uh, you have a new coach on your staff this year named Jarrett Burzak. Um, I call him Burzy. Him and I have known each other for a very long time. Um, we've played, uh, Red Deer Buccaneers together in the Alberta Football League. Um, I've known him through coaching in Central Alberta. He's been a big, uh, big part of of coaching football in Central Alberta and the Red Deer area, especially with the quarterbacks. Um, how's it? How's he been with you? How 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 has uh, Coach Berzak been in his first with first year with you guys? And and what is he kind of bringing the, to the table for you guys? Uh, you know, we've we've done a good job, I think, as a program of sort of trying to bring coaches into our program we're up to you know you know we're just outside of calgary enough that it's hard for people to get out for practice all the time so you know we're up to 12 coaches now that are at varying levels of commitment um and i you know i've gone out and i've done some recruiting for coaches i i could not have been luckier than to have coach Bursey fall into my lap he has been so valuable for our program already um he comes with a a great passion for the game. He's a guy that I can bounce ideas off of all day. And um, he come, you know, he was involved with that Hunting Hills program. So he conceptually knows a lot of the stuff that we're trying to do already. Um, you know, there's a lot of value in having a quarterback guy who has played quarterback and is not an old retired O lineman who's trying to teach the quarterback. So um <laughs> So it it uh, it has been so valuable for our program to to get him in our building and get him, um, you know, working with our kids and you know bringing just you know bringing another perspective and bringing in you know a ref- refreshing new attitude and and uh, you know all of our coaches do a great job but it, it's been a, a very valuable addition for our program definitely yeah yeah and I can echo those sentiments and having known him for. Oh my goodness. Probably 10 years now. Um, great human being, great person. And it's just full of love in his heart, cares about the people he works with, um, the kids that he coaches. And, and, and I, I wanted to ask about him because I, I knew that you'd probably say something like that because I just, I know how he is. So shout out to coach Bursey. Um, if you're listening, um, I think it's really important to, to make sure we mention coaches along the way as well, who sometimes, especially if they're assistant coaches, maybe don't get as much recognition as some of the head coaches. Um, players, I'm, this is going to be this. Oh, go ahead, Omar. Yeah, I want to. I guess I shift to, to the players here. Um, what uh, I want to show you, like, I guess this is a quick question. So, for G- Gage and Jacob, what's your, I guess, your favorite, I guess, to bring on the academics, like, what's your favorite topic in school right now? And just to dive in on the school side of things, how, how are you guys, you know, 
balancing school and and football because we always know we always hear taking care of academics and school and everything but it's just a quick blurb on how you guys are finding the season and how you guys balancing everything jake if you can go first okay um so it hasn't been hard for me at all i mean i only have one core this semester so it's been quite easy i've just been keeping up with my uh, english and that's been about it nice nice and engage for yourself you have one i have five classes right now <laughs> and three of them of course <laughs> um, well, you know like yeah it is difficult but it's definitely doable i mean i don't get much free time and the time that i get to myself i like to spend it with family and friends and like stuff like that so um but it's definitely doable as long as you you know make sure you, you know set your stuff out make sure you know when you're doing the stuff when you're supposed to be doing it and stuff like that you know just make sure you have it laid out and you're following what you want to do and stuff like that it's it's challenging awesome yeah. awesome and i know this question is going to come in a bit and i'll give you guys a bit of time to answer then i'll hand it off to teach but you know i'm sure you guys have plans to play hopefully you guys have plans to play football after high school and just in a bit we'll ask well we'll get the answer to this question on what programs you're looking at if there's any advancements there. Um, but I'll give it to teacher first, let you guys simmer on that thought, and then we'll come back to the to the schools here. I got a question. Yeah. Teach. Um, yeah. Did, did you know that Coach Bruzy can snap, like long snap? No, I, I actually did know that. Yeah, no. And here's what's funny is that a lot of a lot of quarterbacks can because it's just throwing the ball from the ground. Like um, I was being out and stuff like that. I wanted to learn how to long snap just to get more utility in. You know, maybe like do something with it. But uh, yeah, he just comes up to me. He's like, you're doing this and you should do this. And then, and then I'm like, he showed me and he takes the ball and he just throws it back. And I'm like, I thought you were a QB coach. Like, no, t- yeah, yeah, no, we had a, we, had, I had a player a couple of years ago named Brett Bilsma, who was actually, I, I coached him for a number of years. And then I actually got to play with him this past year with the Buccaneers. And he is a great, great quarterback, great long snapper. This is a thing quarterbacks can do. And we actually used him. Um, I used him uh, as my snapper on punt but I made him eligible. So I made him the tight end on punt, but he was also the snapper. We just aligned everyone else to the right of him. And we ran a play where we actually, he snapped it to the punter and then he ran a corner route and we threw it to him for a touchdown. So it was punter to snapper, um, which was kind of really cool. So um, haven't been able to do that since because we didn't have a a snapper that could run like that. But yeah, the quarterbacks can do that. That, that, and I did know that about Bursey. So he's got little, he's got talents that maybe people don't know. Um, for both players and Jacob, you can start with this one. Um, and I, you're new to this. Obviously, you're, you're second year playing football. Clearly, you love it. Clearly, you've progressed quickly. So, what has football meant to you in these two years? How has it maybe um, shaped your life? And is there any lessons that you've learned so far that you know you can take forward um, into your into your life uh, after football? Um, definitely, hard work and committing yourself to something has uh, been you know, the biggest thing I've learned from this hundred percent. Yeah. And I think that's great, right? I think that's so, um, 
important because especially if you're surrounded by good coaches like both of you are um they preach that and they teach that and they hold people accountable i've said this before and i'll probably say it many more times but i think i I, my philosophy as a coach is um have a loving environment that's full of high expectations and with that comes you know working hard and learning those things what about for you gage um same question what has football meant to you and and what lessons have you been able to take that you know you can take forward in your life I mean, for the past like four years, football has been for the men's part like my life. Um, it stopped for quite a while now, and uh, I think one thing that I can take away from football is um, even just like it applies to life lessons outside of football. Uh, whatever you're doing, do it to the best of your ability because you never know when you're going to do it again. Um, if that makes sense, like uh, um, you know, I've had. I've, like my senior, my seniors in grade ten, like they thought they were gonna do very well, and then they you know, injured and stuff like that. And I think, I think uh, sometimes you might regret it if you don't try to do the best that you can. And I think that touches on kind of what we were talking about in our pre-show chatter when I was going on that walk is just really recognizing how grateful you are for the game. And that's why I asked that question and we'll ask that question to all the players that come on this podcast. Cause I think everyone gives a little bit of different insight, but it really all does come down to when what you just said is, is, is gratitude and being grateful to be where you're at, being grateful to show up to practice. I tell my kids all the time, if you're very lucky, if you're very, very, very lucky, you'll play maybe 30 to 40 football games in your entire life if you're unbelievably lucky and you can move on to the alberta football league like i have and play for 22 years straight maybe you play 100 games and that's if you don't get injured that's if you play for 20 years straight every single game is you don't get many of them and so and then practices are the same thing so i think that is kind of basically what you're saying and i really appreciate that um from your perspective too just being grateful for what you have and you know understanding that it can be taken away from you at any moment um danny to you similar question but from the coaching perspective what drives you to coach you know you've been at this for a while you've been around football for a very long time what is your why what do you consider to be um your greatest responsibility as a coach of young men in today's world well i think uh you know for one i love the game but the biggest thing is to be to be a a mentor uh to our youth uh, I think uh, I think these days uh, a lot of them lack that uh, mentor that ain't a family member. Um, so try to teach them the right way, man. It's not just football. Um, it, it translates into life too, right? Uh, these kids, uh, anytime they have a question or they're wondering about anything, you know, I always tell them, don't be afraid to ask me and I'll, I'll give you an answer to the best of my abilities. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I love the game. Uh, you know, I... I haven't spent a year away from it since uh, 1999. So, I mean, huh. it's just, uh, it's just what I do, <laughs> whether yeah. it's playing or coaching all these years. And, yeah. and, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think my life would be a little empty if, uh, if I, if I wasn't involved in the game. Yeah. And you know, it's, you've been, you like me have been fortunate enough to continue playing. We're so fortunate in Alberta to have a league, the Alberta football league where players can play past university and and junior and keep that love. Because I think the sentiment we get across this podcast is, you know, football is, is, quite addicting for so many different reasons um and it is i I think that was really cool what you said like your life would be kind of empty without it and i feel that i feel that so hard in so many areas like i don't even want to think about 
what my life would be like without football, to be honest with you. Um, coach Scott, um, if you could describe your biggest goals uh, as a coach, like when you were finished coaching, whenever that might be, when you just you know, after your 40 years at Chestermere, when you um, finish retiring or whatever path you might take into coaching, what do you want people to say about you when you're done? You know, th- when people bring you up, you know, years and years down the road, this was Coach Scott. What do you want people to think about you as a coach? Well, you know, I think, I, I hope they think and they remember that I cared and I loved all my players. Um, I, I, I'm trying to be intentional about communicating that to our players. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the all of the close connections I have or the majority of the close connections I have in my family are, are directly as a result of, or in my life, sorry, are directly as a result of, of my time in football and, you know, not quite as long as Danny, but it's been, <clears throat> it's been in my, you know, football has been a part of my life for more than half my life now. And, and um, you know, some of the coaches that I've had, you know, TG, I'm sure you, you had your experiences with coach park uh, with the wildcats, mm-hmm. you know, getting to play for Darcy for, for three years with the Wildcats and then coach with Darcy on the Canada cup team this past year. Um, cool. you know, Pete Burton, who was my high school coach. Like these are guys that I want to talk, reach out to anytime I have a major life event and, and you know, because of the impact they had on me as a person. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, hopefully that I, I have that type of impact on, on the players that we have come through our program. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, and so uh, both players here, Amari kind of touched on it before. Uh, Gage, we can start with you on this one because I think I, I'm kind of looking forward to this answer based on some of the answers you've already given us. But um, you pretend I'm a university or junior coach um, and you're selling yourself to me. And by the way, there's no no judgment of, of being quote unquote too cocky here i think that can be a little bit overblown i think that we should allow kids to feel good about themselves um as long as you're not showing other people up um so sell yourself to me um what what do you bring to my team as a university coach what 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 um what do you do that makes my team better um well, we'll start off with like the more physical and like actual aspects and then we'll go into like uh, how i think i'm a, a good teammate and stuff like that so sure physically i think i think i'm gifted with my athletic ability and stuff like that, I run fast, jump high. Um, I, like Jacob said, like um, I have good routes and stuff like that. Uh, I think I'm a good football player. Uh, I have a lot of confidence in myself as me as a player and as a human and as a teammate and stuff like that. And um, yeah, and then more into like the teammate side of it is, uh, I think I try and uplift those around me, whether that be um, you know keeping them in check, like if some of my players are talking and stuff like that, well, it's like, uh, oh, if we're supposed to be focusing, even if it's like scout team, I'll still be like, hey, come on, guys, you got to listen up, you know? You never know the time and stuff like that. And then, you know, I, I think I give uh, good constructive criticism to my receivers and stuff like that as a teammate. I, I think as a teammate, um, I, I, I think I'm there as a teammate. Because um, I know, I know as a player, and sometimes like it can be a little hard to talk to coaches and stuff like that, or like coaches will yell at you. And like this is no diss to uh, any of the coaches here, but um, sometimes you want to talk to your teammate and stuff like that. And I feel like I'm there for uh, teammates like and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. I think 
I really like what you said about uplifting the people around you. That's, I mean, that is something that I'd expect to hear from coaches and maybe not necessarily a, a player, but that's a really uh, mature thing for you to understand. And I think that that is a, a great responsibility um, that you're clearly taking seriously. And I know that energy rubs off on teammates. Um, and then you're able to kind of demand that respect from them. And they, they respect when you are going to, hold them accountable. Um, because it sounds to me that you, you know, you hold yourself accountable first and you're not a guy that's telling another guy to work hard when you're not working hard. So I think that's really important. And that's a, that was a really cool answer. Jacob say, same question for you, man. Um, I don't know if your, your goal is to play university football, but let's pretend it is. Um, you're selling yourself to me. Um, what do you bring my team, uh, both on and uh, off the field? Um, on the field, I think I definitely bring, uh, like a uh, gritty special teams kind of play. I really pride myself in trying uh, very hard on all special teams. If that's a uh, kickoff or kick return, I definitely think it's one of my strong suits going into this year. And mentality, just being a hard worker and just trying to lead by example, I would say, would be... Uh, yeah. Yeah. And the, I like that too, because leading by example, you're putting pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds simple in the concept of leading by example. It's a lot harder to do in real life. Um, so I, I really like that when people, especially young people like yourself, uh, take that seriously, um, to, to lead by example for their team, because it, it is contagious and people will, will come on to that. So yeah, that's a really good answer as well. Um, before we move on to the last few questions, Omari, anything you want to sneak in there? Uh, yeah, just with like, <clears throat> what schools do, um, Jacob and Gage, do you guys have in mind that you like to attend? Maybe hear some, hear some communication from, or like to try out for a see yourself playing on the next level, if that's the goal. Uh, me and Jacob first. I'll go first. Um, uh, I've heard from quite a few, quite a lot of schools based on just connections that I have. Like uh, Coach Ledoux playing at U of A, I've talked to Coach Morris. Being in Calgary, I've talked to the Dinos. And then with Raw, I've talked to many other schools, including at their um, elite camp. There are some universities there. And I'm uh, right now, I'm just looking for what best suits me, um, my interest in post-secondary and uh, also playing on the field. Will you spill the beans on the podcast? Where are you going, Gage? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't feel pressure. I'm just bugging you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, buddy. Uh, maybe one day when you want to make that announcement, let us know. We'll have you on here and we'll, we'll do a, re- a reveal. <laughs> Uh, do an official hat reveal. Yeah, we'll do the AFU uh, hat reveal. Jacob, what about you? Any thoughts on that? Uh, it would definitely be cool to continue to play football. I mean, being newer to it, I mean, I don't really have the the years of experience that other people have, so I'm definitely behind in that uh, regard. But it would be cool to play on the Dinos, definitely. That's where my mom went to school, so it would be cool. Oh, sweet. don't know if it's going to happen, but it would be definitely really cool. Hey man, put to, by the sounds of it. I think if you put your mind to it, I, I I think you can you can do anything you really want. I think that's an important thing to to understand too. And especially someone that's new like yourself, you're only like if I'm a coach and I see you right now, and I'm saying, man, the growth potential is just going to be unbelievable. Yeah, Jake, you had us going into coach mode there. Like <clears throat> you, once you set your mind, you got it. So if that's something that you know you instead of being like ah maybe like just say hey. 
that's the goal I'm going to hunt down. I'm going to put the work in, get the advice, get the, get the information I need and, and hunt that down. You, you can get that. So, um, you know, not, not that we want to force you to make that decision, but just, just know it's all mindset shift there. I think all, I think me and TJ went to coach mode there. Just <laughs> hearing your answer there. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, coaches. So I know, um, we kind of want to do some, uh, we're wrapping it up here. We're, um, but I wanted to ask you both, um, one or two tips that both of you would give to new coaches, coaches that are just starting. And if you don't mind maybe sharing, you know, one kind of philosophy or formation or play that it's kind of like you've enjoyed, um, and you like using over the years, Danny, we'll start with you. Any tips for new coaches and any kind of specific, uh, maybe formation or play that you might want to share with our listeners? Uh, a few tips for new coaches. I mean, the first one's commitment. Um, if you're, if you're going to coach, you got to be there at practice. You got to put in the work and all that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think any player, uh, really respects a coach or gets to know him well enough as they should when he's, you know, constantly in and out of practice and you might not see him for a couple weeks and whatnot. I think, I think if you're, if you're in this game, you got to be all in. And I know with my coaching staff, I got some, some really good guys on there that are very committed. They're always at practice. And they do the best job they can. Um, biggest thing with coaching, yeah, don't get married to uh, to one system. I know uh, as I've grown over the years, especially uh, on the offensive side, um, you know, don't don't be married to a system. The players change every year. You know, one year you might have a power team, one year you might have a, a speed team, and you got to tailor the system to that and. And also, uh, you know, if you're coaching offense, um, just remember uh, plays, concepts are expensive and formations are cheap, right? Don't be afraid to to run a, a variety of different formations and, and looks uh, for each concept. I've actually never heard that, but I like that a lot. And I'll tell you from a defensive coordinator position, um, there's nothing I hate more than an offensive team that runs multiple formations. I love teams that run one to two formations. It makes it really easy for me to game plan. So that is actually a great tip. You've run multiple formations, but kind of similar concepts. And I think that's, I agree with that. That's the way to go. What about you, Scott? Tips for new coaches and any kind of insights on your philosophies? Um, Yeah, I would say that uh, for me, I don't, I don't live the most organized life all the time in my like personal and even sometimes hopefully my bosses aren't listening but my professional life. <laughs> um, in order for me to have success in football, I need to be as organized as I can. And uh, it is, uh, you know, the more organized you can be to make sure you're, you're touching on the things that you need to do throughout a week of practice to make sure that you have your, your menu ready for your, for you on, on game day, um, finding a way to, to keep yourself organized, um, is, is going to be huge. Um, a lot of times, you know, coaches have come out of, you know, most coaches, not all, but most coaches have come from a playing background. The things that you're running at the school you're at or wherever you're coaching are probably not going to be the same as what you ran when you were a player. So you, you need to make sure you understand what skills your position group or unit is going to need to do or need to be able to execute and then build your your drill menu um with the purpose of of being able to accomplish those skills and if you're uh if you're a power team um it's maybe not going to be as important that you're really good at blocking laterally um but if you're going to be 
uh, wide zone team in the run game, then, you know, those are the things that you need to work on. So under making sure that the drills and the skills that you're working on match with what you're trying to accomplish on Friday or Saturday or you're playing is, is going to be huge as well. Um, schematically there's, you know, I, I sort of have been that, uh, that guy that Danny's talking about where I have been relatively married to some things in the past. And I've, it's been a point of growth for me this year. You know, I'll, I'll, we had some success with some, some one back power stuff this summer with the Canada cup team. And, and uh, you know, I've tried to get away from being a strictly zone and wide zone guy to spend uh, spending a little bit more time with uh, moving parts on the O line and, and uh, in the blocking game. And it's uh, it's been uh, a fun experiment and it's been, I think a uh, improvement to our, our, our program. <clears throat> Yeah. And I think that that's kind of the joy of coaching. I think for me anyways, especially with, you know, the brain that I have, I kind of have an overactive brain. I, I, I like the ability to, to change um, based on what you have, because it keeps your creative mind going, maybe based on what you've kind of seen from other people. So I think that is really important of just basically not getting married to, to certain schemes, um, especially at the high school level, because you're just the, the what you have is, is going to fluctuate a lot from year to year. Um, okay. That was really good. I appreciate you guys kind of giving us a little insight there. Lastly, we're going to kind of open the mic up quickly for everyone. Uh, this is your time. If you'd like to give any shout outs to any of your teammates and your players or anything, anything like that. Uh, if you want to say anything about your game coming up on Friday night, Jacob, we'll start with you. Anything you'd like to say to end the podcast, any shout outs you'd like to give? Uh, all I know is it's going to definitely be a fun game. I mean, it'll, it'll be good. I mean, we, we got some good players on defense. Yo, y'all going to watch out for Porter Zog out there. He's going to go crazy. All right. Uh, uh, that's pretty much it for me. Cool, man. Appreciate you being here. Gage? Gage, you there? You might be muted. Yeah, you're muted. <laughs> Okay, we'll wait for Gage to get off of mute. Uh, Scott, anything to finish the show? Yeah, like I said, I, I'm uh, I'm excited. Danny, Danny has become, uh, like I said, a close friend and somebody that uh, that I trust to kind of talk about stuff outside of you know outside of this game. There hasn't been too much collaboration this week, obviously, but you know we've been we've been sending stuff back and forth and talking through concepts and. Uh, um, it is a a rivalry with us being as close together as we are, and it's going to be a fun game for our kids and for the people in the stands. Um, and I'm I'm really looking forward to the to, to the game on Friday night. And is the game in Strathmore or Chestermere? The game will be in Chestermere this year. We went to Strathmore two years ago. We didn't play last year, but we're we're trying to commit to playing a little bit more regular than regularly than than we have in the past. So we'll be in Str- we'll be in Chestermere this year, and then. Hopefully Strathmore next year. <clears throat> okay, perfect. And Danny, anything to finish the show? Yeah, like Scott said, I'm, I'm really looking forward to Friday night. Um, you know, the, I went to a game in Chestermere last year, their Friday Night Lights game. I was scouting uh, Burt Church, who we had uh, the week after. And, um, you know, they got a great atmosphere uh, under the lights there. Tons of fans, you know, in the stands and on the sidelines. I'm, I'm looking forward to being part of that energy. Um we don't have lights here in Strathmore, so it'll be uh, it'll be cool for my guys to 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 really get that whole Friday night uh, lights experience. And then uh, as for shout outs, I mean, first and foremost, I want to shout out to my family, my wife Vanessa, 
kids, uh, Peyton, Macy, and Rhett. Um, I mean, they they support uh, me living the football dream for a few months of the year, which is which is awesome. And I, I wouldn't be able to do it if it if it wasn't for them. And then also uh, like to send a shout out to my coaching staff: uh, Greg Zog, Anthony Timmons, Chad Whitmore, Bob Marlowe, uh, Torrance Clark, um, Rob Musselman, Isaac Musselman. Uh, might be missing someone there. Uh, can't quite remember, but, um, you know, they, they do a great, they do great work. Uh, sorry if I missed anyone. Um, and then also, uh, last but not least, uh, shout out to Kyle Tucker. He's, uh, he's a teacher at Strathmore high school. I, I'm not a teacher, so he's always there. He, uh, he does all the mid admin work, uh, for our program, organizes the buses, the refs, makes the schedule, all that stuff. So he can just let me, uh, focus on coaching the team on, on the field. Uh, I don't have to do too much off the field, which is great. And then um, kind of last thing would be, you know, we strive more. Uh, I'm proud of how far the program has come in the last few years. Um, we're re- really making some noise uh, provincially. And I, and I think we're here to stay. Yeah, I agree. I think you are here to stay. And, to stay um, and um, shout out to all the volunteers, all the volunteers uh, like you mentioned, uh, who kind of make this work. Gage, are you here? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? He says, Yeah, I'm here. My mouse died on my computer, so I had to switch to my phone real quick. I couldn't unmute myself. Sorry. Okay. It's all good. No worries. All. Gage, you got any shout outs you want to give before we end the podcast? Uh, I'd like to shout out. I mean, all my teammates, obviously, uh, for working hard in practice and stuff like that. Uh, also, all the coaches that I've been with, um, Coach Sadu for helping me with football Alberta and stuff like that, and just being an overall good head coach and offensive coordinator. I absolutely love the offense that I'm in. Uh, coach Danny for helping me a lot in spring and stuff like that, like uh, becoming a better receiver today. Omari for helping me getting into role. And I honestly don't think I'd be the football player I am today without Omari or Raw. And um, yeah, I'd like to thank you for inviting me onto the podcast. Absolutely. It's uh, it's been a pleasure having all you guys on here. Um, I, I, Danny, we've been looking to doing this a long time, so I'm glad you can have you on here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're in the Chestermere area this Friday, yeah, Friday Night Friday. Lights, Go check this game out. I know I'm hyped to see how this goes. I wish I could make it there. Um, but this should be a really good game full of people that, you know, are, are friends most of the time, but for one night are not going to be friends. And that's kind of what makes this, this this game so beautiful. So thank you to all of you for coming on. Thank you to everyone for listening. Um, we are going to continue to do these weekly, maybe even multi-weekly podcasts uh, as we move forward. Um, we really appreciate feedback. Uh, it's hard to know when you're doing a podcast um, besides how many people are listening, which we're getting a, a number of you. So thank you. Um, but uh, it's hard to know if, if, if we're hitting all the right notes and we're giving you guys what you want. So please, uh, any any constructive feedback, positive, negative, uh, we want to hear it all. We want to make this podcast as 
entertaining and as information-based as possible um, while shedding light on our beautiful game of high school football and shedding or, or giving appreciation to all the people, players, coaches, and volunteers who make this thing go every single year. So please reach out to us on all our social medias via DM, any uh, feedback or things you want to hear more of, things you don't want to hear, um, anything, we're, we're open to that. So Omari, uh, send us out. Send us out. Yeah. I want to pre appreciate the kind words there, Gage. Um, it's been a pleasure, you know, getting get, get to coach you and see seeing you grow. And I'm looking forward to see where your career takes you. Um, as it goes for now, for our other podcast, appreciate everyone tuning in. Um, you can find us here on Apple, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere where you get your podcasts. You'll also see this on YouTube as well, the teasers. Um, like share comment subscribe all that all that good stuff that helps us showing the algorithm there and you know it's, it's it's a fun time to um appreciate the time we're in right now show a lot of gratitude and make sure you get your gorilla pump on and look big <laughs> <laughs> Man, we, oh boy uh that's definitely going to be our, our our short clip that we share this week all right oh, thank yeah. you everyone for listening thank you jacob gage scott and dan uh and good luck this week and stay safe everybody yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for having me on guys you bet thanks all, thanks all. keep up the good work eh? thank you appreciate it thank you appreciate it. Take, care, boys. take care boys you bet bye